Football's back, and so is my voice. So we're staying up all night tonight. Yeah, man. So after a rough month of August where I was pretty much sick the entire month, I'm, uh, I'm ready to record again. Football's back, so we have something to talk about, thankfully. Um, so without further ado, I think it's time to jump right into the NFL action over this past weekend. I'll start with a little blip about Thursday's game. And, you know, having football be back was really great. Watching uh, the Super Bowl rematch, Trevor Simeon looked pretty good. Um, you know, he's not going to beat the world. He is not an elite quarterback, you know, by any stretch of the imagination. But he got the job done. Let Von Miller and Demarcus Ware do what they do best. And, and you know, after those early turnovers, he, he really managed the game well. Um, I thought Cam looked great. And if he had the last possession as opposed to Simeon, uh, I'm pretty sure that they could have won the game, you know. But things happen, really. And um, they'll be all right. They'll bounce back. They're still the best team in the NFC South by far. Kelvin Benjamin looked really good. And I never knew how big this dude was. I never really realized just how much of a monster that guy is um, playing wide receiver. And as long as he's healthy and the rest of the team is healthy, um, I don't really know who in the NFC is going to beat them. I mean, obviously teams in the AFC will beat them. But I think Carolina, out of either of these teams, has a better shot to go back to the Super Bowl. Um Starting with Sunday's action, Oakland and New Orleans was a really fun game. Lots of offense, lots of touchdowns. Breeze, I mean, you can't put this guy down. Drew Breeze is incredible. He is a testament of, um, you know, a long, lengthy career after what was thought to be a devastating injury. And Miami Dolphins fans must be sick thinking about passing him up for Dante Culpepper all those years ago. And Breeze is still flinging it around, you know, what, five touchdowns or whatever he threw for last week uh, at his age. Absolutely amazing. Uh, I love the rhetoric around Del Rio's two-point conversion, though, the, the, how ballsy it was and how, you know, good thing ESPN doesn't coach the Raiders and all this just testosterone bravado bullshit that these guys throw around. It's, it's funny, man. Uh, but good on a young team. New Orleans, uh, you know, New Orleans will bounce back against the Giants. Drew Brees will light them up, and, and they'll be all right. They're not going to win the division, of course, as I just said. Carolina's still the best team. Um, and once New Orleans runs into some teams that can light it up and, and shut down their offense, they'll have some problems because, I mean, to be quite frank, New Orleans, their defense couldn't stop Abilene Christensen at this point, and, and that's just a fact. That team, that defense is just horrendous. And I feel so bad for Drew Brees having to uh, have that team as his defense for his last years in New Orleans. Um, going on, Buffalo-Baltimore was just a train wreck. The Bills suck. The Bills are so bad, and I feel so bad for those fans up in Buffalo. They look just absolutely horrendous. They couldn't get anything going. The defense couldn't stop Baltimore when it had, you know, when it needed to. Mike Wallace is burning Buffalo Bills defense. I mean, the corpse of Mike Wallace, reanimated from the dead, running all over the Baltimore Ravens, was hilarious. And 
I, you know, so you, you talk about the Ryan brothers being defensive geniuses who can't seem to beat anybody. And they're going to be unemployed probably by the end of this year. Chicago and Houston was an interesting game. Everybody wanted to see the Brock Weiler, Osweiler, pardon me, and Lamar Miller experiment. See these two guys that, I mean, Miller, Miller didn't have a great career with Miami. Osweiler had a very small sample size of starting with the Denver Broncos and that defense that single-handedly won the Super Bowl last year. So we really wanted to see kind of what those guys looked like, and they won the game. Miller was the only running back over 100 yards on Sunday. So must be doing something right, even if it is just for one game against the Chicago Bears. And I mean, a lot of people will say that it's easy to look good against a lot of these bad teams, which... You know, it's still a professional football team. And those guys are still trying to play, and they still want to win. And, you know, any a win's a win in the NFL against a professional opponent. you you got to take the positives. And right now in Houston, those guys look pretty good. Defense looks well enough without J.J. Watt really being around. It'll continue to get better as long as Watt continues to get healthy and can stop doing box jumps for, you know, a week and actually rehab his injury. But, I mean, we'll see what happens. That division stinks as well. It's wide open. They could win it again, and at least now they'll have a better quarterback than Brian Hoyer going into a playoff game. Green Bay-Jacksonville was another pretty good game. I mean, for a team that people were very optimistic on, on the Jaguars, to be able to hang with Green Bay, a championship team once upon a time, a team that's always in the Super Bowl discussion, uh, to make it go down to the last play, uh, you have to be at least a little optimistic if you're the Jaguars. They could move the ball on the defense. Allen Robinson looks like he's going to be the next big wide receiver um, that everybody's talking about. You know, he was getting into that Green Bay defense, making great catches. Bortles looks at him every single time he drops back. So if you have Allen Robinson in fantasy football, you got to be thrilled. Um, I mean, hopefully you don't have the Jaguars' defense because as of right now, with all those free agent acquisitions, those guys are still learning how to play with each other. So I would stay away for a little bit. Um, it's also really good to see Jordy Nelson come back after you know an ACL injury. To have Aaron Rodgers back and, and Eddie Lacy not be fat anymore. If you're a Packers fan, you're, you're thinking pretty good things with Teddy Bridgewater injury and the Bears stink and who knows what the Lions are going to be when they play, you know, actual real teams that are going to be good. Um, you got to figure that the Packers will more than likely win that division. And that's all they need. Just get into the playoffs, get into the dance. You, you never know what might happen. You might walk away with the Super Bowl trophy. And just a quick point on uh, Tampa Bay and Atlanta. That that game was kind of over by the second, third quarter. Uh, Jameis Winston just lit that team up, and he is going to be a star in this league for the next 15, 16 years. I mean, he's going to be around forever as long as injuries don't set in. And that team's going to be good, and they're going to get better. And Once Carolina's window closes, don't be surprised to see Tampa Bay winning 12, 13, 14 games every year. And, winning the South, and being the number one seed in the NFC. It's going to happen. That team is good. That defense is good. 
getting Quan Alexander back is going to be huge for that Tampa Bay defense. He had 16 tackles last week. I mean, what else can you say, really? And and for Atlanta, as far as Atlanta's concerned, I mean, what happened to Devontae Freeman? What happened to Matt Ryan? What, what, what happened to that team? It just, you know, a team that was 14 wins a few years ago. Um, Julio Jones didn't quite look as dominant as he did before. You know, again, Devontae Freeman just completely fell apart, uh, got outplayed and outperformed by Tevin Coleman, who was a non-factor last year. Um, so now now you have some, some problems there in the running game. I mean, you do have Sanu, who is doing his best Roddy White impression for Julio Jones. Atlanta's defense couldn't stop Tampa Bay if they tried. You could have given them assault rifles, and they wouldn't have been able to stop that team. But, I mean, we'll see what happens. At the rate it's going, Tampa's going to be a strong team. Uh, moving on, San Diego and Kansas City, you know, after an awful offseason, bad first-round pick, that's going to end up being a bust. Um, you, you wasted Phillip Rivers in San Diego. San Diego doesn't even want you. L.A. doesn't want you. Nobody wants you. It, when it rains, it pours in San Diego. And, and they got out to a good lead. Melvin Gordon was a feel-good story. Two touchdowns after not scoring a touchdown last year. I knew. I believed in Melvin Gordon, even when nobody else did. But, unfortunately, you're the Chargers. You have this dark cloud of sadness and misery above you, and you got beat by the Kansas City Chiefs, who didn't even have Jamal Charles, who stumbled into gold with Spencer Ware, who just lit them up. Alex Smith looked amazing against that team uh big ups to them alex smith and his defense maintaining composure uh not letting san diego take the game away holding down the fort and alex smith making some big plays with his legs big plays with his arms connecting with a touchdown to jeremy macklin always good to see jeremy macklin succeed even as an eagles fan and always good to see andy reed succeed again even as an eagles fan um you know you're thinking kansas city with a playoff team last year. They're getting blown out at home by this Chargers team that nobody thought much of. They end up coming back and winning. And I, I think Kansas City could sneak away with this division um, if Trevor Simeon continues to kind of be pedestrian. God forbid something happens to the defense of the Denver Broncos. Kansas City can sneak in and take that division. And I don't think anybody would be surprised. And as we move forward here, Minnesota-Tennessee was a complete dumpster fire. I don't know how Minnesota managed to win this game. Adrian Peterson didn't get anything going. Sean Hill was, eh, you know. But I guess that's what happens when you turn the ball over as costly as Tennessee did. And it's a young team. They'll get better. Again, just like Jameis Winston and the Buccaneers, you know, being the number one, number two seed in the NFC. Don't be surprised down the road if you see Tennessee being the number one, number two seed in the league in a few years, led by Marcus Mariota, but that's uh, that's going to be a while. I would, uh, as a Tennessee Titans fan, I would buckle in. Um, the Jets and Bengals, it's the same old story if you're a Jets fan. If you're a Jets fan, I mean, should be nothing new. D- shattering disappointment should be nothing new. Uh, Matt Forte looked good, at least. Um, Fitzpatrick couldn't get a ball to Brandon Marshall. 
that's worrisome if you're a Jets fan. Got to get your quarterback and his number one receiver going. Um, not much you can do against A.J. Green, really. I mean, what are you going to do? You tried. You put Darrell Revis on him. I don't know he's not Darrell Revis of old, but he's he's better than a lot of the quarterbacks in this league. But what are you going to do, really, against a guy like that? What what, what can you do against A.J. Green? He, he's just a freak. He's a monster. And you just kind of hope to contain him and hopefully the rest of the team, you know, falls flat on its face. So when he gets his inevitable two touchdowns and 120 yards or whatever he gets, you know, hopefully Jeremy Hill or, um, you know, Gio Bernard screw up or Andy Dalton throws it into the stands on fourth down or whatever might happen to this team or Vontez Burfecht punches you in the face and, you know, gets a 15-yard penalty. That's what you got to hope for, but they're on all cylinders. This Bengals team is pretty good. Moving on um, to the late games, Miami and Seattle. Again, if you're a Dolphins fan, you're used to this. You're used to heartbreak. You're used to not being good enough. Um, Foster looked good, I guess. You know, another reanimated corpse. Similar to Mike Wallace, uh, bringing him back from, you know, 2010. But, um, you know. Other than that, you, you, you really can't be too thrilled if you're a Dolphins fan. You know, Adamakong Sue still stepping on people, still hurting people dirtily, dirtily, if that's even a word. Um, Seahawks to the Seahawks. Still got to find your running back, but you'll win that division easily. Um, just kidding. No, you won't because the Cardinals are in there, but who knows with the Cardinals. Uh, maybe it could be an easy win for the Seahawks because Lord knows that the other two idiots aren't going to win. We'll we'll talk about that Monday night game later. Uh, Detroit and Indy. Indy's just absolutely pissing away Andrew Luck. I feel so bad for that guy to be stuck with that coach and that GM and that organization. Um, Post Peyton Manning has just been a complete nightmare. Um, he will never get any young defenders that are any good on his team. Uh, he will never get an offensive lineman that's not 100 years old and falling apart. He will never get any weapons. Um, you know, T.Y. Hilton and Dante Moncrief are not exactly uh, guys that are going to take you to the next level. And, again, what do you, what do you say? What do you say if you're, if you're a Colts fan? What are you thinking right now? I, I couldn't even imagine. You have this once-in-a-generational talent who you're, you're, you're pissing away. And it's a shame. But um, hopefully they get it together. I think it was important for Detroit to get its first win without Calvin Johnson. And, you know, they needed that confidence boost. Marvin Jones and Theo Riddick and Amir Abdullah, all those guys kind of together could replace Calvin Johnson. So many people were asking which one player was going to replace him, and, and nobody replaces him. Nobody replaces a guy like that. It's a collective uh, that replaces that player, and, you know, good on them. Hey, you know what? If they can win without him, then you start talking about Ewing theory, and, you know, is a team better without a great player like that? But uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. They still have to beat the Packers. Giants and Dallas, uh, for me, is always the ISIS bowl. Just I don't want anybody to win. I, I, you know, I can't stand either one of these teams. Um, I am convinced that Dak Prescott hates Des Bryant, and 
just wants nothing to do with him and will just throw the ball, unfortunately, for the Cowboys at least, to Cole Beasley and Terrence Williams and that that whole fiasco. I mean, everybody has a, an opinion on that. In the heat of the moment, you can't, you know, you, you don't think, you know you have to do it, but sometimes you just try to get an extra yard or two. You just try to make an extra play. And, I mean, his heart was in the right place, but at the end of the day, you need to make the right play. Um, I wasn't impressed by the Giants. Was not impressed. Maybe it's just me poo-pooing them uh, because the Eagles had such a good week, uh, such a good game, top to bottom. Um, maybe I'm delusional. Who knows? Um, could be that. Could very well be that I'm just delusional. I don't want the Giants to succeed because I want to win the division and I want to start uh, my success with my rookie quarterback early. So that could be very well what's going on. But, um, you know, again, I, I don't think the Giants are going to do very well this year compared to what people think. It's hard when you bring in a lot of free agents to to succeed, really. A lot of those guys have time to, need time to match. And I don't know how well Olivier Vernon really did that year, but um, I didn't hear his name called quite often. So it couldn't have been that good. Um, Sunday night game was okay, you know. I, I just don't understand how you have a rookie quarterback without Rob Gronkowski, and you lose this game. But I guess when you can't stop Chris Hogan and Julian Edelman and um, LeGarrette Blount, that that's kind of what happens. And you, you can't move the ball on this New England defense. Um, why they didn't just throw the ball at Larry Fitzgerald every play is beyond me. I don't understand. Even whatever age Larry Fitzgerald is, you still can't stop him. He's still a freak, and whatever they're doing, they're you know, obviously Arizona's game plan needs to be just throw at him 25 times a game. He'll catch 23 of them, and he'll just score two touchdowns and maybe three. Who knows? You can't stop him. Um. But, hey, if you're a New England fan, you got to feel good. You know, people are saying, oh, you got to just get to 2-2 two two without Brady. They could very well be 4-0. They could very well be 4-0 without Tom Brady. And then Brady comes back pissed off and just on a war path. And then you win your sixth Super Bowl in 15 years, and everybody hates you, and everybody's miserable. But such is life when you live in this New England world. Uh, the Monday night games were bad. The Monday night games were really bad, and ESPN really was pissed, I would imagine, about those Monday night games. Um, the Redskins looked atrocious. I mean, the clock struck midnight in Washington. Um, Kirk Cousins looked lost. The running game looked lost. Wide receivers, defense couldn't stop Pittsburgh. And, I mean, you can put whoever in there. As long as you have Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger and you know, the Steelers' offensive line is alive and breathing. That that Those guys are going to light you up every week. And you talk about the hardworking people of Pittsburgh, the blue-collar um, blue collar running game. That's gone. That's gone. Just it's, 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 it's lighting up the scoreboard. It's chucking it up to Antonio Brown, and he just does whatever he wants. And you Again, just like Fitz, just like A.J. Green, you can only hope to contain it. Um, the second Monday night game was bad all around. The, the quality, Berman and, and Young were awful. Um, the Rams, I mean, you could give Jeff Fisher the dream team and he would turn it into a flaming pile of crap. 
he how this man is employed is beyond me. He took a young up and coming defense that was a few pieces away and just turned it into to a complete nightmare. LA's got to be furious. Maybe they do call San Diego. Who knows? Um, temper expectations if you're a San Francisco 49ers fan. I don't think you're going to. I don't think you're going to get a lot of games like this. Um, I know Chip Kelly well. I know what that team's going to look like. Um, and as good as they looked against the Rams, when you play a team that actually knows what they're doing, uh, hopefully, by the way, you don't play an NFC East team because they'll know exactly what to do against your team. Um, or really any team with a defense that isn't coached by, or a team that isn't coached by Jeff Fisher. Um, you know, you're going to run into problems. And you're going to go three and out a lot. You're going to have your defense on the field a lot. And you're going to be tired. And you're going to get scored on a lot. And you're going to be very frustrated. Defense is going to be very frustrated. And who knows where, what college Chip Kelly will be at next year. Um, but, I mean, who knows? Maybe it's a sign of things to come. Maybe San Francisco will be better than you think. Hyde and Drawn looked really good. Jeremy Curley, longtime Jets wide receiver, looked pretty good. Uh, Blaine Gabbert looked pretty good. Uh, and again, it's against the Rams, the hapless Los Angeles Rams. But you never know. Football's a funny sport. Teams that you might write off could be really good. And especially in, in a wide-open league where, you know, Arizona didn't look super strong. Obviously, the Rams suck. Um couldn't tell you really who else could be a wild card team. Who knows? You might see San Francisco as a wild card team. All right. So I'm going to take a break here. Coming up, my very biased uh, Eagles analysis, of course. I uh, want to break down this game because I'm a homer and it's my show. I can do whatever I want. So thanks for staying up with us. You're up all night tonight. All right, so because it's my world and you're all just living in it, now is a perfect opportunity for me to just talk about the Eagles entirely and exclusively. And I hope that I speak for Eagles fans in general <clears throat> when I say it's good to be us right now. It's good to be optimistic. You have to be from what you saw on Sunday top to bottom, all three phases. The team looked good. Wentz looked fantastic. I mean, he was poised. He looked like he was a nine-year veteran out there. He was accurate. He showed off that quick release that Paul D. Podesta and Jeff Fisher and all those other executives said he didn't have, but obviously he, he had. Um, wasn't really helped by some poor drops and some you know, miscommunication on some routes. But otherwise, I mean, he played a very good game for his first game, really, since breaking his ribs week one of the preseason. And I, I think it's going to continue. It'll certainly continue next week, but we'll get to that a little later. The, um, you know, the rest of the offense looked pretty good. Matthews, Jordan Matthews, uh, actually could catch. And I mean, I know he did drop the first pass. But he caught the first pass of the NFL season. He caught the first pass of Carson Wentz's career. Uh, touchdown pass, pardon me. And that's a sign of op for optimism when your, your young number one receiver is confident. He can make plays. 
he can come down with the ball. Um, he doesn't have the drops like he had in the preseason where I thought he, he couldn't catch a cold, to be honest with you. Um, Ryan Matthews looked good. Um, I would say if you have Ryan Matthews in fantasy, go pick up Ken John Barner, like right now, because um, just in case Ryan Matthews gets hurt, and that's almost an inevitability at this point that Ryan Matthews is going to get hurt. He got hurt last year. He got hurt two years ago with San Diego. Um, he, he, he's just an injury-prone back, unfortunately, and you can try to cut it like Doug Peterson's trying to do. You can chase him with you know, some Darren Sproles carries, some Ken John Barner carries, but it's going to happen. He's going to get hurt this season. Um, but for right now, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll just ride this Ryan Matthews wave. You know, Nelson Aguilar catching the touchdown pass was great. I, I can't talk enough about Ken John Barner. I truly believe that, if not by the end of this year, that absolutely next year he's going to be the starting running back of this team. He he can ball. That kid can ball. Um, and it's always great to see Darren Sproles at 33 or whatever he is running around out there. Had a really nice punt return uh, to set up a great drive uh, in the third quarter, second quarter, I think. Um, let's talk about this defense. You know, the defense really looks like it has Jim Schwartz's um, stamp on them, and, and it's indicative of his influence on the team that they're so ferocious. They got after Robert Griffin, sacked him, hit him, pressured him, made him make bad decisions. Um, they would have pretty much played a perfect game if it wasn't for the referees giving the Browns a touchdown there um, on that bogus pass interference call on Malcolm, Je Malcolm Jenkins. And, I mean, you know, it, it's a sign of, good, of things to come. I always said that this was going to be the better unit of the two, even in the preseason, when we had, you know, second and third string and fourth string guys getting after the quarterback. The scheme works. And that's it. It's just that scheme works with the players that the Eagles have. And ah, I feel bad. I feel bad if you're if you're an opposing team playing them, going up against Fletcher Cox and Connor Barwin, Brandon Graham, and a lot of these guys, man. I feel bad for you. Um, even the special teams look good. Like I said, Darren Sproles had a nice punt return. Donnie Longball, Donnie Jones looked great. I mean, Caleb Sturgis had a miss, but you know it's early in the season. You hope to kind of have that ratified by you know the middle to the end of the season. Um, and if not, hey, we'll just cut him and get a new kicker. The one position where, you know, your job's not certain unless you're Sebastian Janikowski or, you know, Steven Goskowski or Adam Vinatieri. You're not transcendently great. You're expendable. Um, but there's that's that's a whole different can of worms there. Um, I would just like to say, you know, thank you to Paul DePodesta, the Browns general manager, who was a baseball analytics guy who, you know, said Carson Wentz wasn't going to be a top-20 quarterback and let him fall into our lap. And now he will be our quarterback for quite some time. And, you know, your quarterback that you signed that you thought was going to be a top-20 talent is out for the season again. So that's always good, you know, when, when, when your big moves don't work out. That's, that's always got to be great if you're a uh, first-time NFL GM. And uh, another shout-out to uh, Jeff Fisher for not thinking Carson Wentz is good enough, isn't is good enough. 
you know, when Jared Goff couldn't even beat out Case Keenum to get activated. Um, so, and again, you know, two franchises that will be uh, mired in, in, in mediocrity for quite some time. And it, it couldn't happen to a better guy than Jeff Fisher. It couldn't happen to a better city than Cleveland, man. Just LeBron be damned. It's just a miserable place. And if I can't have an NFL Super Bowl, if I can't have a Super Bowl championship, nobody can. So, sorry, Cleveland. Um, Eagles play the Bears on Monday night, which is pretty cool that so early in the season, uh, a team that people didn't really have too much, you know, going for them, if you had asked, you know, the mass football fan, if they thought this game was going to be very good. They probably would say no, but I think it has the makings of a pretty good game. The Eagles are going on the road to Chicago, um, where it's always a difficult place to play. Um, it was it was a bit easier with Donovan, of course. Donovan grew up in Chicago, so you always had sort of that home field advantage when Donovan took the field in Chicago. Obviously, Carson Wentz is not from Chicago. I don't know if any of the players on the Eagles right now are from Chicago. So... I mean, it'll be a hard-fought game. I don't think the Bears are great, but it's still a it's still a road game for the Eagles. It's it's still a professional football team, and people seem to forget that. No matter how bad these teams are, even Cleveland, I saw so many you know comments on Twitter, on Facebook, on on various posts saying, "Oh well, Wentz Wentz played Cleveland. Let's wait till he plays a real team." Cleveland is a real team. They're a professional football team. They get paid to do this. Of course, it, it's a legitimate team. They might not be a very good team, but they're still a professional football team. And, and, and Chicago is still a professional football team. So, you know, week one be damned. You have to make sure, if you're Doug Peterson and his coaching staff, that they are, that they are focused, that they understand that the Bears, even as weak as they are, are still a very good football team. They're still a professional football team, you know? And you cannot be embarrassed. You can't go into that game and get embarrassed. You have to keep this momentum going. The rest of your division does not look very impressive. I mean, Washington looked dreadful on Monday night, as we spoke about earlier. Dallas didn't look overly impressive, as we spoke about earlier. The Giants definitely didn't look impressive and and squeaked out a win, quite frankly. If it wasn't for Terrence Williams, who knows? We could be talking about Dallas winning. And even then, even if Dallas wins that game, are they very impressive? Not really. So you need to keep this momentum going. Carson Wentz has to keep his his torrid pace going. You you have to get the ball to Jordan Matthews and Nelson Aguilar. You won't have Zach Ertz, which puts even more pressure on those two wide receivers. You have to get Doriel Green Beckham involved. He's a big dude who can make havoc in the end zone. Get him involved, um, focus on the running game, get Ryan Matthews going, get Ken John Barner going, get Darren Sproles going, and keep that defense strong. I mean, we all know who the Bears quarterback is. Um, we all know his track record in you know situations that are uh, a bit you know uh, strenuous. So if you pressure him, he will make mistakes. So get after him. Put him on his ass. Hurry him. Rush him. 
hey, pick him off once or twice. You picked off Robert Griffin. was a big deal. You, you, you kept the momentum from swinging back to Cleveland's way. Do that again. You can do it. That team is – this defense is good. And you, 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 you have a great opportunity here to go 2-0 to, from what I can imagine, definitely take hold of the division. The Giants play the Saints. Sure, it's in Giants Stadium, and the Saints are kind of not as powerful as they are when they're in the Georgia Dome, but or pardon me, not the Georgia Dome, the Superdome. Um, but they're mad. Drew Brees is mad. He lost, you know, his team lost that game. So expect him to come out firing on all cylinders. Giants could be one and one. Dallas, at best, could be one and one. This is a great opportunity to take hold of that division. And I think. I hope the Eagles can do it. I, I won't say whether I think they will or not, uh, mostly because it's, you know, bad superstition to, uh, you know, to guarantee a win before the, the game's even started. Um, I think they can do it. I, I'm going to root for them to do it, obviously. And and I hope they're going to be successful on the road and successful all season. This, you know, the NFC East was up for grabs last year. It's up for grabs again this year. So fingers crossed. Let's... So poor boys can do it. All right, let's get a little non sequitur here. WWE has been really good the last few weeks uh, since the brand split. And without college football being very good this week and no basketball and no hockey yet, and I'm not talking about baseball, nor will I talk about UFC 203 this week just because certain people were on the card and I'm not trying to give them any more press than they've gotten. Uh, mostly because they're scumbags and I hate them. I really hate their guts. Let's talk wrestling. And started with Backlash on Sunday. I thought Backlash for the most part was really good. The women's match was good. Becky Lynch getting some love. Um, finally holding a, a, a women's championship in WWE for so long. She was always kind of the fourth of the four horsewomen under Charlotte, under Bailey, under Sasha Banks. And, it's, it's good that she's getting her due, and she's going to be the face of, if the brand split continues, face of that SmackDown side for a very long time. Uh, tag Team Championship tournament was insane. It, it, it's great. I love Heath Slater. I, they did such a great job of making him desirable and making people want to see Heath Slater out of everybody on this roster. Man, Heath Slater has been getting the most pops, and... Um, I think they made, did a very smart thing in keeping Heath Slater on this roster, not giving American Alpha the titles too early. Uh, the Usos' heel turn is cool. I uh, I was really kind of getting tired of them being, you know, the bright, vibrant colors, the, the Samoan war chant before every match. Man, it, they got a little stale after a while, and you could tell the crowd was getting a little restless with them. Um, it has been for quite some time. So it was good to see them kind of come out with a new attitude, um, you know, skipping that stuff, the, 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 the pre-match shenanigans, what have you, and really getting down to being really good heels. And, you know, in a, in a division where you only have the Ascension and Breezango as your heels, hey, you needed a strong heel tag team, and now you have one. You have two veteran guys that can help these young tag teams out, and then, you know, Keith Slater and Rhino's case, you know, uh, guys that aren't really used to working together. You can have them help them out, and I think it'll improve the product. Um, 
Bray Wyatt is just getting pissed away by the WWE, and it's so frustrating. You know, you, you put him in a program with Randy Orton, and you figure this is a chance to build his legitimacy. Randy Orton doesn't need wins. He doesn't need pay-per-view wins. He's he's a 12-time champion. He's he, he's going to be one of the Mount Rushmore guys of this era. Um, his work speaks for itself. You have an opportunity to put over a guy, finally, finally put over a guy who is... Who needs it? Who needs help? Who is floundering, kind of? Um, who who is who hasn't been a legitimate force in a few years? Who you have people kind of now what chanting? You have people calling him the eater of pinfalls, uh, the face of fraud. That's not what you want for for all intents and purposes. Your number two heel on SmackDown. You know AJ's been doing great work as your number one heel. Um, without. You know, my, my opinions withstanding, I don't know if The Miz really is the number two heel on the show. Um, and his legitimacy will will beg that question. But for all intents and purposes, Bray is your number two heel. And it's a shame that, that the WWE really made that decision to let Kane pin Bray Wyatt. This guy who you're trying to get over. You have this guy in the twilight of his career who really should be getting pinned by Bray Wyatt is now pinning Bray Wyatt over little shenanigans that Randy Orton pulls. It, it doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't make sense. and it, It's it's little things like that that make me think that it's not really the new era. Because if it really was the new era, you would just let Bray Wyatt win. But in a world where you're selling action figures and you can still make a lot of money off of Randy Orton. I guess it's a good idea to let him get over on Bray Wyatt. But in the long run, it's not going to work. You have this guy that could be your number one heel. The number one guy that all the kids want to buy the, the, the action figure for. They beat him up. But no, you're pissing him away. Speaking of pissed and, and pissing... I can't stand The Miz normally, and I I don't really enjoy him, but his run right now is, is fantastic, and this is this has got to be his best work, where he is absolutely detestable, and he is awful. He's still detestable and awful uh, as a as a as a person, was well, as a character really, but you just want more of him. And I was talking to a friend of mine, and I made the correlation because you know. Growing up, I loathed Jeff Jarrett in early TNA times, but then I realized that he was just doing his job as a heel, and, and I fell for it, and I, I bit. You know, I, I hated Jeff Jarrett as a person, so he did his job, and that's kind of where The Miz is at with me right now, where it's not, it's not go-away heat, it's not, you know... Just stop being on television. He it's legitimate. Wow, like this guy's an asshole. I hate him. You know, screw this guy. Heat. But it's great. It's it's great, and I, I hope they keep going with it. Uh, you know, nobody else is really ready on the roster to take that intercontinental title from him, and that's probably a blessing for this run because it's been so good, and because there's really nobody that can take this belt from him. You're going to see some legendary stuff from The Miz. Um, moving on to the uh, the WWE Championship match at Backlash. 
And it's, it's really special for me that this happened because I used to watch AJ Styles in, in Best Buy right down the street in Island in the home theater department um, when TNA was doing weekly pay-per-views and, and AJ was running around the X division. And I, I remember seeing this dude and he was insane. He was, he was so good even back then. And I wanted, I just wanted to watch more. I wanted more AJ Styles. And at the time TNA was only weekly pay-per-view. So I would have to go watch them in Best Buy. And then TNA got the TV contract, so I watched TNA for AJ Styles, and then he moved to the WWE, and I was pumped, because it wasn't like I had to watch him in New Japan, watch him on iPay-Per-View for Ring of Honor. He was on my TV. He was on cable. And now he's WWE champion. He's the champion. He's not the substitute champion like Kevin Owens. He's, He's the WWE champion. And... I can't, I can't even process how proud I am of this guy to, to make it here, to really live the dream and, and to have this career where you're, you know, you're TNA, New Japan and WWE champion. It couldn't happen to a better guy either. He's such a good dude and I'm so happy for him. That being said, this matchup at No Mercy between him, Dean Ambrose and John Cena has all the makings for a letdown. You know, anytime you get a triple threat match, it's a little, it's a little uneasy because you never know who's gonna pin who. Um, and I have a really bad feeling that either Cena's gonna pin him, or Dean's going to pin him, or worse, the other two are gonna pin each other. And then AJ's without the belt. It's not what we want. We don't want AJ to not have the belt. Everybody. No, and Raw was okay. Raw was alright. I don't know. It's hard for me to get up for Raw, really. I mean, I love Seth Rollins, I love Kevin Owens, but everybody else is just kind of meh. Eh. You know, R- Roman Reigns being on that show really hurts. R- Roman Reigns being on that show is really a buzzkill. Braun Strowman being on that show is kind of a buzzkill. The New Day's not as fun as they used to be. I don't know. I'm just kind of tired of the New Day and all this positivity crap. and just want some change, but... I know that's the flagship show, and that's the show that all the eyes are on, but I think that's what makes SmackDown so much better is that SmackDown's trying new things, and they're giving people opportunities. Meanwhile, it's the same old song and dance on Raw, where you have the same tag teams and the same old shtick on Raw. And I know it's a three-hour show, and I know it'll get better when the Cruiserweights show up, but you know, going on SmackDown, where, where you, the world title is so important, the Intercontinental title is so important. The tag team belts are important. The women's title is important. You feel like, you know, the universal belt is important. The tag team titles are, I guess, important. I guess. They're, they don't seem important because they're not they're not being made important because all it is is about the New Day dancing. Um, the women's belt is important. The women's division on Raw is great. But um, the U.S. title is a complete afterthought. And, and you know, Roman Reigns constantly just giving up on the universal title and then going right back down to the U.S. title. You know he's going to win that belt. And then it's definitely going to be an afterthought because you're going to have a guy that nobody likes with a belt that nobody cares about. And what are you doing there? Really? what? What is that really making the U.S. title better? 
Or are you just trying to put a belt on Roman because you know you can't put the universal belt on him because everybody would riot. So you put a belt on him just to have a belt on him to, to faux build that legitimacy? Not going to work. And the U.S. title is going to suffer more and it's going to make that intercontinental title look even better because you have a guy who legitimately cares about the belt versus a guy who's settling for the belt. And that's where Raw seems to always get it wrong. But whatever, man. I'll keep watching SmackDown. SmackDown, far and away, is the better show. That's about all I've got for you this week. I'd like to thank everybody for listening, wherever you're listening, and however you're listening, whether you're on SoundCloud, whether you're on Google Play, whether you're on iTunes. Thank you so much for staying up with me tonight. Hopefully, by the end of this week, we can get another edition of the show out, talk about picks for next Sunday's NFL action. Got some good college games, so hopefully we can talk about that. See what else comes up during the week. My name is Jeff Katubi. Thanks for staying up all night tonight.